This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come on for picture. First positions, everyone. Yo, go. And action! Hello and welcome to episode 353 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and a producer. And on today's show... I'm delighted to tell you we have the director, Jane Gull, and the producer, Karen Newman. They've joined myself and Dom Lenoir to sit and talk about their brand new film, Love Without Walls. This is the epitome of making an indie film, of going out there and doing it against so many odds and getting it done. Be inspired by this week's episode and go out there and do the same yourselves because you can do it. On the episode with Jane Gull and Karen Newman, myself and Dom chatted to them about their recently finished Q&A cinema tour of the film. They give you so many tricks and tips about how you can do that as well with your feature. And we talk about the distribution deal with Bulldog and how that came about and how they got it. We also dive deep into why Jane wrote Love Without Walls and why networking is vitally important, even if you don't want to go. (laughs) We talk about raising funds, dealing with a huge cast on this movie, and many, many locations that you've got to deal with while making an indie film. We talk about issues on set and challenges and how they overcame them. Jane talks about directing, improvisation versus naturalism, her shot lists, and a scrapbook. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jane made an amazing scrapbook. And Karen Newman talks about producing and why, as a producer, you have to keep some things away from the director. We also talk about working as a team, as an amazing team in this case, and trust. Editing over Zoom, deliverables, some top tips there, and some amazing advice. So Jane Gull acted in many films uh, and short films before directing and writing and producing her own short films um, before she made her debut movie, My Feral Heart, uh, which came out a couple of years ago. Karen Newman also uh, made lots of shorts. Um, She starred in some of them as well before producing the feature film Just Charlie, which was directed by Rebecca Fortune. And after making many more shorts together, they have gone on to make Love Without Walls. Love Without Walls is 
a beautiful, beautiful drama romance story with incredible music. Um, the story is about a young married couple played by Niall McNamee and Shana Swash who struggle when they're suddenly made homeless. It's an emotionally charged British drama and it tells a story about love attempting to survive in the face of adversity. Cinematography was by Suzanne Salavati, cast by Ben Cogan, production design by Alessandra De Palma, and edited by Benjamin Gerstein and Aideen Johnston. Um, rounding out the cast is Sheila Reed, Paul Barber, Darren Kent, who sadly passed away very recently. Rest in peace, Darren. Um, Adam Deacon, Ricky Hartnett, Connie Jenkins, Greg, Amy Malloy and Sally Collette among so many other amazing actors in there as well. And the movie is out now on Amazon Prime and various other places as well. Links to where you can watch this movie are in the show notes. And that's all coming up for you on this week's episode of the Filmmakers Podcast. We've got some amazing episodes coming up for you very soon, including Red, White and Royal Blues director Matthew Lopez and The Strays, um, which is amazing new dog comedy with Talking Dogs starring Will Ferrell. (laughs) Uh, That's coming out very soon, as well as Oliver Krimpas, whose film Around the Sun is released in Australia in cinemas now. For all our amazing listeners in Australia, please go seek this movie out, Around the Sun. It's in cinemas now. And Oliver will be on a future episode of the Filmmakers Podcast. Speaking of cinema releases, Bowling Shoes, uh, Terry Dwyer and Ian Paulston Davis's latest feature film, will be out a month from today in cinemas on the 15th of September. The film stars Timothy Spall and uh, the fantastic the ambest more on Bowling shoes coming up in a future episode um other shout outs go to joseph joseph naman robbie martin pete hunt uh, caroline steiner and of course the writers guild of america all our amazing writers who are striking right now our thoughts prayers and love is with you uh, and also the sag strike come on keep fighting for what you deserve and what you believe in Right, um, let's get to it. This is myself, Giles Olson, and Dom Lenoir chatting with the rather brilliant Jane Gull and the superb Karen Newman. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this masterclass and making an amazing indie film. Enjoy. Hello. Hi, Giles. Hello. We've got Dom here as well. Hello. Hello. Thought we'd get into the nitty gritty of making this movie, and I'm really getting there to help other filmmakers and go from there. Sound good? Mm. Sounds Sounds good. Yeah. I'm weird hearing your voice, but you would probably always people say that to you because I listen to you (laughs) every Tuesday morning when I'm walking. No way. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you very much. The post it notes have (laughs) arrived. Do they they just teleport in? They're fantastic. Is that from the film? Here's some I made earlier. No, they're my, like, any random thoughts or ideas I have, I just chuck them on a post it and shove them up. But there (laughs) there was one that did exist like that for the film. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, I've always got, I know, it's like a serial killer's. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I always have, like, when. In the office time, when I'm ready to shoot, I just like have full. I love the post-it notes and oh. thoughts, and I think it's really important, right? Post-it notes without walls. Post-it notes without walls. Doesn't actually make I was any sense. You were going to do one with your little uh, pump. <laughs> done some belters right recently, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so, welcome to the filmmakers yeah. podcast, both of you. Thank you so much for joining us, Karen oh. and Jane. 
thank you for having us. Hi, thank you. Hi, real pleasure, <laughs> real pleasure. What a wonderful movie this is, oh. Love Without Walls. Yeah, real, real indie gem, like real indie yeah. gem. Yeah, thank you. Real joy to watch, and I'm so glad it's been doing really well on the circuit. And mm. it's, how's that been at the moment? Sort of, you know, doing your tour around and doing cinemas and getting that feedback direct from. Well, we've just we've come to the end of it now, haven't we? Yeah. Thank, I say thankfully because it was a lot of miles on the M1 and a lot of chugging around, mm. visiting small parts of the world that we'd never heard of. <laughs> not a great motorway. <laughs> no, not a great motorway. Karen um, was doing all the driving. Yeah. I don't drive. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're still, ah. we're still talking to each other. Yeah. Though, so it's all good. Congratulations. Um, so that. no, it, it was good. It was you know, it was really good to see it with live audiences. I know everybody says that, but to see your film actually and to see the actual immediate response from people, mm. especially in, in contrast to reviews, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, um, sure. uh, it was just nice to see an actual real person reaction yeah. and see it genuinely. Definitely. And I think for me, just having those discussions and mm. conversations about the themes and the topics was really important and just how it how different it was in different parts of the country. Mm. Find a massive difference on on cinema runs between like just how how things are received, the way that locals kind of react, whether they're kind of you know shouting with with joy or, or whether they're like really silent. It, it massively differs like where you're where you're screening. It gives you a great sort of um, perspective of of different you know ways that people interpret your film, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, and that was really interesting to see that. Mm. What did you learn from? doing it then you know from doing a Q&A tour of the film for next time was there anything you saw in there that you it, with not just just with the film but also doing the tour in terms of what you learned from it and any mistakes type thing you made or things that work, worked really well I think um when you're up north stay up north do up north and then come down south mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a bit of and, and it was really well organized I think you know, Rebecca did a brilliant yeah. job but we were we did find ourselves sometimes up north and coming down and then going up mm. again. It was like, oh Christ, we were like two miles away from that other venue. We could have done that the same day or something. Mm. Yeah. So that I think was a big kind of learning curve. Yeah, I think maybe doing less, but not less screenings, but maybe less Q and A's. Yeah. And focusing more on the outreach um in the different areas beforehand. I think we really tried to do that didn't yeah. we because it was just the two of us doing it I think if you had a whole sort of team behind you sort of going to each area and targeting the sort of niche groups or the different organizations and charities maybe um mm. that would be really helpful what did you find that worked on, on the tour to get audiences in because it is hard you know it is independent and obviously some things we'll put the poster up but not them will see it what did you find worked did you do press interviews radio which can be tricky um Mm -hmm. what did you find worked for getting bums on seats we did do some radio we had some funny radio experiences so we were driving up to it was annick wasn't it yeah and we just suddenly back it was like a seven hour drive up the m1 and james like well while you're driving i'm gonna like google radio stations and see what we can get perfect (laughs) so actually just just like our one yeah yeah (laughs) Um, you did you got you got a response from this this station in in annick and i honestly we were basically the hit of the morning. He kept us on the entire we're on show. Hours. We were on wow. Hours. But at one point yeah. I was texting my dad going, Can you can you tune in? And I think my dad doubled his his listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and then another um when we were going up to Halifax, we'd done the same thing yeah. and we found this wonderful um radio station um called the the Breakfast Radio yeah. Show. I can't 
recommending enough and we ended up going on there not only that we didn't have a host for our Q&A so we were like oh can you come and do the be the host for our Q&A Perfect. and now he's such a champion of our film oh yeah, yeah. shouts about it uh, on his radio show and he goes out to like 700,000 listeners wow and yeah. that kind of thing makes such a difference for independent film because those people who couldn't make it to the cinema will go well i want to watch it and he'll go oh well it's on digital now you can buy it on amazon you can watch this movie and people will go watch it especially if you keep championing it so well done that's great yeah really good very good we print leaflets off as well like little kind of fly oh, okay we'd kind of everywhere we stayed or every pub we visited on route we'd be like you know socially mm. shoving them into their their leaflet mm. stacks and yes we, like we that. found that a really and um, because everything's obviously online now but there are a lot of people especially in some of those areas where mm. it was like where the older generation they want something physical yeah. and we were you know putting the flyers around and i think it you know people can keep it and um yeah there's quite a few people now that don't go that don't do social media so yes and they want physical like yeah. flyer in the hand yeah. like you're in edinburgh fringe and it's like oh thanks oh this looks good oh we mm. could do that tonight and yeah. that's really nice okay good so you so you kind of walk around with the flyers and just handed them out yeah <laughs> i always carry them now when i'm on my dog walks i have them and uh, i love it even now it's yeah great. my dad had <laughs> a, a secondhand record shop and i say to him every time someone buys a record pop a flyer in their bag and that's yeah. nice. great yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm making it my mission now to try and mm. see an independent film you know at least twice yes. a month in an independent cinema because they've been really yeah. great yes. to us and i really want to pay it back yeah. Was Bulldog behind that as well? Because obviously they're your distributor, uh, Bulldog Film. Yeah. Um, were they championing you as well, doing the Q&A tour, um, actually? You know, because obviously they're putting it out, the digital. Were they really going, yeah, great, go ahead and do it? Yeah, they were great, actually, really supportive. They publicised every Q&A we were doing. Mm. And, and I they think even came along. They even the came along. Yeah, they came along to the Lexi to watch it themselves. And, yeah, no, they were. They were big champions. And I think we were. we felt really fortunate, actually, to be – to be working with them while we were doing the theatrical and then knowing that they were handling all of home entertainment. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. And, and at what point did they, they join the project? Like, how did you sort of get in contact with Bulldog? What, what was, what was it that led you to that decision to sort of join them? Um, I've been, I've been kind of stalking them for a while, actually. I always think they're great. They're great independent um, mm. British di- a distributor and they've been going a long time. They've got a good track record. And over the years, I've always kind of tried to meet up and I know they've changed sort of ownership now a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we sent the film to Phil and um, he loved it. And he said, oh, it's brilliant, but, you know, my slate's really full and I don't I don't know. And it was all this um and ring. And so it was kind of a no. And I don't know what happened one night. I think I'd had a few glasses of wine. I thought, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, this is it. And I wrote this email, which I sent to you. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And I ba- I'm going to paraphrase, obviously, but sure. I basically said, this this film's brilliant. Jane Gull is the next big thing. If mm-hmm. you don't take this film, you might be missing out on something amazing. Therefore, you. you should really take another look. Yes. And I sent it and thought, crap. <laughs> To what lose. have I done? What have I done? I can't get it back. And then the next day or the day after, I got this email from him saying, "Okay, that's interesting, Karen. Let's talk." So we had this mm. zoom, we had this Zoom with him, and mm-hmm. by the end of the Zoom, he was like, "Right, okay, let's do it." And it was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> Love that." There, there are these moments, aren't there, in in you know in the film world, where because there's always that sort of moment of imposter syndrome, or or you know, is my film good enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's moments when you have to back yourself 
harder than you would naturally feel comfortable yeah. and like you know it, it cannot work but if you don't try you'll never you'll never get anywhere mm. and, no, and, and sometimes they're waiting for you to back yourself for, for them to be like well actually these guys mm-hmm. maybe maybe they're right yeah well yeah exactly they, they're so convinced that they're right maybe actually we're missing something maybe we actually really are missing something and as exactly. it out they were and they've taken it so yeah and they're <laughs> lovely aren't they yeah. yeah they are lovely and they're really champion indie films and it's been brilliant to see the success of this film and to see the sort of vibe around it build and everyone go no this is a great film and I, I think that's lovely and it's down to you two but it's also down to the people you bring in as well the whole team seems fantastic on this the cast are incredible you know you really mm-hmm. seem to work hard to get the right people around you to make this film look it's really high end yeah the cinema, cinematography is like it's very it's very yeah. high end indie it, it kind of i was almost thinking like i'm watching like begin again or once mm-hmm. or i mean but but actually even more sort of just just polish it just was really polished. like immersive into the characters and the acting yeah susan salavati wasn't it who was your cinematographer yeah. and just Absolutely. really beautiful well let's jump back a little bit and we'll come back into mm. to making it of how you two met and how this film came about because love without walls is fantastic but it it doesn't get there without hard work and graft from the beginning so jane you yeah. wrote it did the idea come first did you two meet after that talk us through it yeah so i I wrote the first draft in 2011. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so a long, long time ago. And initially, I so I'd made uh, my short film called Sunny Boy, which is doing quite well. Mm. Um, and then at the time, there was the Microwave Film Fund. Yes, I remember. Oh, yeah. Anymore. 150 Classic. grand. So, yeah, yeah. But you had to come up with 50 grand yourself. Yes. So, yeah. so cheers I, for that. <laughs> I initially wrote the first draft of this and applied for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't get it accepted. Um, so I didn't really do anything more with it. Um, well, I didn't do anything with it. I kind of put it away. Yeah. Um, and then got it back out in 2019, I think okay. it was. Had you already made uh, anything else before then, your shorts? Was it a case of you just dusting off things that you wanted to make? Because that's always interesting, I think, with scripts. It's like I've got loads that I've written in the past and sometimes they just come back to the front and you go, oh, my gosh, yeah, that one, of course. Let me read. Oh, it's all right. It's not bad. Needs a polish, but let's have a go. Was it kind of similar here? Was you, Were you looking to go, I need to get back on and make this? Yeah, I think it was always something I wanted to re-look at, but then I got waylaid with doing my, not waylaid, but made my, my feral, feral heart. heart. Yeah, of course. Uh, made quite a few shorts and doing different things. Mm. Um, so initially when I first wrote the first draft in 2011, it was, I wrote it because it was an accumulation of a lot of things and a lot, a lot of people that I was working with at the time. Um, I was working on a project in a hostel um, right. with people who were homeless mm-hmm. um, and then there was some influences from my own staff and lots of different things but what happened in 2000 and end of 2019 um I laugh because Karen's heard this story <laughs> lots of times but I know many a Q&A <laughs> <laughs> yes um, you can correct her if she gets yeah. it wrong it's fine so at the time um <laughs> The estate where I had been living in Camden was being bulldozed. It was being demolished. Uh, okay. And um, I was furious mm. about this, mm. so angry. And I'd moved and uh, the block of flats where I was living had been demolished. And I remember walking up Tottenham Court Road and just seeing so many people rough sleeping outside Habitat of all places. 
and um was just really enraged about it all and that was that's kind of kick-started getting this back out I just thought oh, I really need to get that back out and channel my anger into mm. something constructive I've there's stuff I want to say and nobody's listening to me um and that's where it all came from really and then we were Karen and I were working when, on it when did we meet what year so we met 2018 oh it's about it's we, we, about today, five our, years ago. It's our anniversary oh, today. Congratulations. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Oh, that's we met at Ian Sharp's summer party. Oh, did you? Party. Oh, yeah. Revolution yeah. party. Yes. Revol- yeah. I was five there. Years, I, was th- I was there at that party. Yeah. Oh, what? I was there. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, Ian. We love you and we love your parties, but neither of us actually wanted to go. Um, you, know, you know how you know how net- networking can sometimes yes, be, yes. just be too much. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So my husband said to me, just go along, have one drink, speak to one person, come home. I was like, all right then. And then Jane's husband apparently had said the same thing to her. And we were (laughs) as one person um, with a lot more drinks than just the one. But yeah, that's how how we met. And we kind of got bonded over dogs, really, because I just got a puppy. And I was like, Mm. I can't stay too too long. (laughs) I've got to get back for the puppy. And then Karen (laughs) was telling me about her puppy tales. Um, That's kind of how we um, bonded. That's how you ended up on Bulldog as well. That's, I know. Yeah, well, I know. that was. A... I, know, I mean, it's not. There's no irony there. No. <laughs> right. So, so, so when you when you two two met, like, and you know, what was the process in getting the script, sort of, you know, discussing the story, and and what was maybe the the collaboration? I mean, was there much of a, a rewrite? Were you happy with the script when you read it, or did you kind of you know tweak it a little bit and uh, as things built? Well, initially we were working on another project, yeah, which um, ah, we okay. fell apart because of COVID. Um, all, ah. all the money kind of disappeared, and we couldn't have shot mm. it anyway. It was it was too it wasn't very un-COVID friendly. Mm. Uh, so I think we were just moaning one day. In my this is my story now. That I tell it Q and A's. We were we were moaning <laughs> in my garden, um, drinking wine again. Seems to be a common theme there, Jane. Mm. Um, <laughs> and just stop talking about oh God, you know what we had to do. And it was, you were just about to leave and you got the script out of your bag and like shoved it across the table and went, oh, just thought thought I'd bring you this to read. Um, bye. And I was like, oh, OK, bye, Jane. See ya. Yeah, see ya. I'm and busy. That that, but, yeah, right. I was, that was Love Without Walls. And I remember reading it and you'd yeah, said about casual. music and actually it's just so brilliant and so of the times as well. It was so current and I could see, and sadly, it's going to be a film that's current for quite some time mm-hmm. because of our yeah. society and cost of living, et cetera. And it just, it's, it's becoming more current. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really becoming more current and that's yeah that's sad it was current when you wrote it in 2011 and it's current now yeah I mean I changed when I've done the rewrite in 2019 there were elements that I'd added that were more I think stuff about the knowledge just to give it that other layer and that was and and adding things like about the the cashless society Mm. it's still weird it is it is weird yeah um we it we yeah. were, when we were going around the country, we were always saying, you know, trying to pay yeah, pay by cash. Yeah, mm, just on purpose to do that, yeah. of course. But also, you're right to give to homeless people who want cash. Yeah. You can't give. You haven't got change in your pocket, and it's fact yeah. we don't anymore. Um, and that's sad. Think it's almost like worth keeping a couple of pound in your pocket for those moments, or five or yeah. whatever yeah. if you can Definitely. give for those people. It's it, you know they're full yeah, on they hard times. They don't have access to car machines. No, exactly. Yeah. So, so oh, great. So you two met then, and then the script came across you and. You you, you felt at that point it was strong enough to go cool let's make it even though you're working on something else and yeah. that fell down so after that fell down you were like right let's crack on 
with Love Without Walls. Talk us through how that process happened. Was it just a day when you both went, let's make it? How do we do it? And how did you do it? Oh, oh God. We worked our butt yeah, Oh, my goodness. Um, you can look back at, back at it with like rose-tinted spectacles, can't you? And the mm. beauty. Oh, he was such a, but it was really bloody hard work. Um, it was COVID as well. We were still in lockdown. So mm-hmm. every time lockdown kind of tried to lift, we thought, right, we've got an opportunity. And then it came back again. Mm. And it was all a bit of a, a nightmare. But you'd already decided Shana was was your leading lady, wasn't it? Yeah, because I when I'd done the rewrite, I just thought of Shana and wrote it with her in mind, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but initially, Karen was like, oh, yeah, this is what well, I said to you, didn't I? Well, it's just a two-hander and it's outside, but there's actually like 70 speaking parts. Yeah, there's like 72 people in it, Jane. Oh, and Jane's like, oh, it's just a two-hander. <laughs> 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 72 hander. <laughs> 45 locations. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's actually yeah. a very ambitious indie. Very ambitious. Very indie. ambitious. And we, tr- I mean, we did. We made it on the least amount of money we possibly could it was just it was one of those let's just see what we've got let's see what we can do mm. and mm. go for it and see how far that can stretch mm. so so how, how did you kind of go about budgeting it and and you know looking at the cast did you always know that it was going to be an indie like how, how, how did you sort of put together that figure oh well I started with the budget that was you know nice and comfortable when everybody got a nice chunk and <laughs> all of that <laughs> lovely days and mm-hmm. then that didn't happen so it slid down a little bit and then it was a case of you do that budget that what what is the least amount of money we can do this mm. so we kind of settled at that and thought right if we can get that we can do this film and we got most of it as we were about to start production and it was like well let's just get it let's just start and by the time we'd finished we managed to get the rest of it so it was constantly juggling and mm you know, trying to find those people that were going to put a little bit of extra money in. Um, and that, yeah, yeah, and then 45 locations. <laughs> yes, yeah. to work out. Well, let's kick out, if you don't mind telling us, talk about the money first, because it's mm. so important mm. to how you finance an indie film and how you do it. What was your process to do that? Were you going to private equity investors? Were you going to friends, family? I don't think you did a crowdfunder for this, as far as I'm aware. Um, it, was all, it was all private equity, private so, equity. Okay. Uh, and tax credits and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and a tiny little bit of a loan. Um, but no, I was quite lucky that my previous film, Just Charlie, yes. um, a couple of the investors to that really liked. Well, one of them, actually a new person, just loved the fact that Jane's first film, Love My Feral Heart. I was like, yeah. anything Jane does, I'm in. I was like, Great. okay, well, that, that was easy. Perfect. No, sign no sign here. Here's the bank <laughs> that details. <laughs> that was phone call number one. This is easy. I can raise the money for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the others were like, oh, no, actually, you know, we're going to come again and help you out and support you and it was trying to find new people um we went everywhere oh, we remember some of the some of the letters fa- i was writing to people <laughs> I, I remember those when i you start oh, writing around cold 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 i got emails. your letter yeah. jane no no when i was doing the same to people i was literally writing asking for it was like what do you do it was just, i hadn't thought about it properly i was too inexperienced but you now both of you are experienced you both made features so you're in a much better place but when i was originally doing it i had no idea just writing random letters hey give me some money i'm a filmmaker it's like crazy it, it was i don't know whether it it was because it was locked down as well but it was like i can't it was like i was uh, Possessed. Possessed. <laughs> like literally, I'd be waking up in the middle of the night, yep. and you would be up. I could mm. see you were up, and we'd be like calling each other at six o'clock in the morning. What about this idea? What about this idea? I remember writing to. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was insane. It was insane. What did you say in those emails and those letters that you wrote? That, what were you saying? What were you asking for? It was just um, give me some money. <laughs> 
with the money. No. If you value your needs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we really... didn't try that. Maybe we no, should have done. Probably done best. The budget. Try on the next one. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it was, um, it was quite crazy, wasn't it? And just the stopping and the, mm. the starting, will this ever go ahead? And then, of course, there, mm. were lots, there were people that would come up and there were a couple of people that really sort of came on board and helped us in different ways. Um, which was really mm. lovely, like Sally. I, I, sp- I suppose when you're when you're putting together an indie, you're, you're not only asking for the amount of money, but you're actually you're kind of asking all the cast and the crew to invest in maybe working for less than they usually work mm. for, uh, or, or taking a punt on on someone that they they're not sort of as aware of. Um, how much of that that team did you start to sort of put together and how much of the locations did you try and sort of put together as well as doing all the, the finance raising at that point? Well, COVID was difficult, but it was also really helpful because you could say, I have to have a small crew. You can't mm-hmm. have assistant to, to your assistant to your mm-hmm. assistant. Um, and people kind of understood that, even though there was still a bit of a demand of why can't I have an assistant? I was like, well, no, you, you can't. You know, we're we're all in this mm-hmm. together. You, it has to be small because of COVID. And people understood that. And cast as well, they were brilliant. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, you said it was like 72 people, but a lot of the cast came in for one day. So once they were clear of COVID, they'd come in, they'd do their job, they'd go mm-hmm. home. So the core team it, it felt like a little family because it was most the same people every day. And then these kind of guests coming in. I think the locations played a huge part. And once we'd, yeah, we had that. Dana and then we'd found Nile, the locations were actually probably the first thing we looked at, yeah. weren't they? Because we thought yeah. well, that they we need to nail those down yeah. and they need to be all within a close proximity. And I think a lot of the people that let us use their um, buildings or venues did so because they weren't being used because of COVID mm. and they were really kind. And I think that really, really helped all the people that, so a huge thank you to everybody. Did you offer them sort of marketing or, or was it really the, the story and, and the people and that you were sort of trying to sell to the, the venues as well as the, the location fees? Some of it was marketing. Some of it was like, look, you're going to be in the credits, all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. We're going to do socials. Mm-hmm. Um, some we paid. We didn't obviously pay full whack. People were doing kind of favors yeah. for us. And then, um, well, I hope you don't mind me saying, but quite a lot of the locations are actually Jane's house, but in different wow sort of yeah. scenario wow to, to yeah this the room we're in at the moment all 45 uh, rooms yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of them doubled up some of them doubled up that's wonderful that's clever creative filmmaking that to yeah. go well let's just switch it around let's just make it we work we used every single room in my house apart from the bathroom we used the garage yeah. the front garden the back garden my neighbors were involved <laughs> i didn't notice that and, and i that's a that's a big mm. compliment because I, I genuinely watch a lot of indies and you do feel like it's 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 like one location or it's it's a very micro area. Never got that feeling at all yeah. watching this. So it it did have a sort of expansive roaming. Yeah, field Alessandra sure. De Palma was your production designer, right? So t- I imagine between you and her, that just did a fantastic job to pull the wool over our eyes. You know, not only did it look, it really did look fantastic. This film, it's true. We we're just like, okay, this is great. It's really good. And the heart and the emotion that comes with that as well, with the story and the performances are just fantastic. What was uh, the thing that worked the best uh, when you were asking for money or for a location or for what was the thing that you went, ah, that 
did work, you know, because obviously there's so many no's and so many people sort of go, I might do. But what was the thing that tipped something over the edge for you? Um, I think it was just trying to work out what would make somebody put the money in. So some people, they just looked at the figures. They just wanted to see an investment pack with the numbers, what they might get back, sales figures, all that sort of stuff, even though we all know sales figures don't really mean anything anymore. Um, But they wanted to see that security. And then others were just people that quite literally just want to talk about the film and go out to dinner and say, hey, look, my name's on the credits Mm. and I did this, I did that, or I appear in this and this is my shop or all that sort of stuff. Um, so that really helps. So it was it was just trying to work out the psychology behind what somebody's interest might be. And some people have no interest in the film at all. It was just about money. And others mm. were like, oh no, actually we mm. we really like this. We wanna, you know, wanna see the story. The story resonates with us. It's heartbreaking. It's this, it's that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Because it can be so that that's the tricky bit, understanding what the investor wants out of this. And once you know, it's like, okay, now I can target to that. I can make it really easy for you. You want to come on set, you want to come to the premise, great, I can do all that for you. I can make it shiny and look brilliant. Uh, And other people just that, you know, they want another business and the numbers and they're doing it for, hey, hopefully get a return out of this. Um, And you've got to provide all that you've got to set it up with exactly how much someone's hopefully going to make back the whole waterfall where their money comes back that's as long as they can see that i always find that works well they can see that you're not just going hey put some money into a film let's see what happens you're showing the plan and the waterfall and how they get that return of investment back but also being really honest about the fact they might not yes, get it back yes you have to i think that's the, yeah, the sad yeah. truth is that people put money into film and it's great but they independent films they they struggle and i think mm. our especially at the moment our cinema and the way we view things is not set up for the independent filmmaker at all it's all these big blockbusters in the cinema and then you know people are trying to put their films online they're not recouping the money and it's just being it's just saying look we're going to do our utmost best this is our plan this is what we're, we're going to do these things might happen these things might not um going to do everything i can to return your money and hopefully with a profit but you know, please don't sue me if it doesn't happen kind of thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. As long as you put that in writing and put that in your deck or your information memorandum or whatever you give them to say, hey, look, you're signing this away. This might not make any money. Then it's fine. They accept it. And you hope that these people have that as disposable income anyway. That's, you know, yeah. that's why they're usually H&Is. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. 
Add Smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Yeah. And how, how did you go about sort of putting the schedule together with so many locations and obviously trying to find the balance between, you know, keeping getting the most out you can out of the budget, but also sort of you know, keeping it tight and uh, yeah. A whiteboard. We did it. Old, we did it old school. Yeah. So oh, okay. No, Post-it I mean, it notes. Was, yeah. It, it, it was notes. Yeah. yeah. Strip That's board. the schedule right there. It, well, it was. It was on Jane's mm. whiteboard, and it was a strip board of post-it notes, which we moved around. Went, That's not going to work. We've got to do that before that. And then mm. I plugged it all into movie magic for like crew and stuff. But yeah, it was. It was done old school, just fiddling around, working out. Oh, those two locations are. We can do that. We can walk there. We can do. And then we walked it. We did the recce. Almost did like a. A kind of a shoot walk of walking around the locations going what well, we can get here this is where we park this is what we do and it it was it was like a two-man or two-woman band wasn't yeah it? it really was yeah what were some of the most challenging um parts of the shoot um south end night shoot that was that was fun for all the wrong reasons really <laughs> yeah. um mm. yeah that was i think the night that we sh- we did a night shoot we was the hotel we were staying at had kind of given us some security but there'd been an incident on the by the pier or the beach so everything had flopped down there to sort this in I think it was a stabbing or something awful wasn't it god Um, and it was one of the I think it was the world had just opened up again hadn't it yeah so So everybody was out everybody was kind of yeah um as you can imagine and there you are camera crew Mm. and your yeah your camera and people like to do strange things in front of the camera don't they it's weird isn't it suddenly people think well hang on you're doing that but if we do put this out there, you look ridiculous, yeah. mate. Why? You can't why tell do you me what, what to do. <laughs> that famous line. Yeah. Yes. How how did it run for you, Jane, in terms of the director side of that? I love being on set, and I think actually I find I found the three weeks on set um, just. I mean, obviously we had our issues and the normal things that happen, but I, I find I'm in my comfort zone there because I feel more in control. I, I find that easier to manage than the whole post-production and the distribution side of things. And I think it was just, I think it was just the weight on my shoulders of, oh my goodness, you know, I'm right. I wrote this and I'm directing it. Mm-hmm. It's quite, it's Bigger than I thought because we obviously there was a lot of actors in it, a lot of locations. <laughs> Seventy two. <laughs> and I think I think um because it was an independent film, I and we were shooting a lot of it in my house. I had I, I the thing I find find most challenging on a film set is um dealing with the public and the people, mm. not in a bad way, but just like I'm always really conscious of I don't want to like upset the neighbours. Um, yeah. I'm worried about how people are treated. So sometimes I then feel that I can't like completely focus on my directing because I'm worried yeah. about how somebody's talking to the baker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's tricky when you sort of conscientious, isn't it? Because you you are thinking about your elderly neighbour, or you know what the the dog walkers, or if you're making too much noise with the kids next door, and it's 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 hard to yeah sort of put that aside and and sort of get in with the the filming side of things. Um, in terms of the actors and the performances, so how did you kind of approach um them acting out the script word for word versus rehearsals improvisation what, what what's your kind of balance on that side of things as a director um really depends on the actor um oh, okay okay it depends on the individual actor um so some of it 
some of the scenes are improvised if they're like playing cards those things mm -hmm. um a yeah. lot of people have said oh is a lot of the script improvised but actually it's really it's not um and that's a credit to the actors mm -hmm. that it comes across so natural um a few of the actors in the film i'd worked with before um so that always helps yeah yeah um and because i've acted myself and come from an acting background i think that really really helps as well yeah mm. um and it's just trying to create that sort of playfulness and just finding that balance of depending on the actor really yeah and what about prepping then working with suzanne your dop and getting those shots and some of it's absolutely beautiful did you how much did you plan how much did you throw away when you got to set what was your process well, my old drama teacher used to say proper preparation prevents poor performance. Absolutely. So we prepare, prepare, but then we can throw it out the window. Yeah. Um, I like to be fully prepared and then I can play. Um, although I am quite good at thinking on my feet if something goes wrong and I think, you know, in, um, you know, just sort of improvising and making the best of a situation. And embracing those magic moments, you know, like if there's a scene that was supposed to be shot in a certain location on a sunny day and it's peeing down with rain and you're in a different space, that's fine. Go with it. Because often when you get in the edit, you think, actually, that worked beautifully. It would have been rubbish if the sun had been mm. out. Mm. So Susie and I have worked together for, well, on eight projects now. And we have a oh, particular wow. way of working mm. um, where we sit together um lately over zoom when mm. we were doing this and we read the whole script together taking on different characters so i'll read certain characters she'll read other characters and we literally go through it step by step so and then what's wonderful about working with susie is the fact that we both know do you know what i mean there's that um shorthand we've even got sign language that we use so that we can say things like you know keep keep the camera rolling even when I say car mm. or um, all those little things or if those magic moments when an actor's just sat there looking just beautiful and then you know yeah. the camera's yeah. on them yeah so we do plan but then we, we can throw it all away as well I love that do you storyboard or do you draw anything do you do shot lists I have a scrapbook a scrapbook oh I'm so yeah. like off my general wow <laughs> Wait, what very, with very, very avant-garde with sellotaped images in and stuff of sellotaped images. Wow! Um, I cut the script up and um, stick like the dialogue down, and That's I brilliant. have that. And it's literally our second AD Jack was literally running around with my Bible the whole really? time. Saying, Jane, you've left it on the. On yeah, the we always. Yeah. I did the same. I always oh. leave it. Always, yeah. yeah. Everything in there, and then I have valuable stuff in there as well. You'd be mm. lost without it, and we just drop it constantly because we run to set, we run yeah. somewhere else. It's crazy, <laughs> right? So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find something that I can keep it on me, but I'm yet to find. I need to invent something. Um, yeah, you almost need a little um kangaroo pouch where you can just drop it in. You know, yeah, yeah. it's true. I'm the same. Be the future. I, I want to see that pioneered on your next one, you should, If you're going to invest in it, Dom, I'm in. When he invented that um, the camera, yeah. so I do storyboard bits, but they wouldn't make sense to anybody else. They're just like mm. really dodgy stick men, but all the yeah. you know, but I just do that in my scrapbook. I find unless you get on the location, it's really difficult. I love to know the locations and be in that space and physically feel it and getting there and act it out myself. 
just to mm. feel, you know, feel how it would be for the actors. Most of the film is handheld. Um, one because I love that, and it just gives it that um, immediacy and and that way that Susie can get in and around the actors. Because mm. to me, it's all about the performance. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm interested in: the actors, their faces, their performances. And, you know, don't want to miss a trick by having the camera locked off and then we can't get in mm-hmm. and see their eyes. Mm. No, I love the immediacy of it. It was so relatable. And I love the free-flowing camera work that just followed and found like we were observing at times. It was so nice to watch. Mm. It was so nice to be in that world. So it was a great choice to do that. Yeah. And I often think that people, some I know for some people, it can be a little bit, um, make them feel a bit giddy watching it well it, it, it didn't feel unmotivated I, I think some sometimes it just feels like well why is the camera doing that and mm-hmm. um and and you don't actually sort of switch off and and get lost in in the sort of the film and the story but i i don't feel you fell into that trap it, it felt quite organically motivated which was which was great and then it does it just yeah. adds to it it's harder yeah, it for the really camera does. operator and susie was operating the camera as well and the focus puller yeah lauren phyllis right yeah, yeah, we had yeah. Na- uh, Nacho as well. And Nacho, right? Because she she did uh, the Stranger in Our Bed for me. Oh, she yes, was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great. And what about yourself then, Karen? On set, how do you manage the whole process? How do you sort of because it's it's you? It's just you know, and it's really hard when you're you know you're you're trying to pull the strings and do everything and make everything work. So how did you manage that? What worked for you and what didn't? You mean apart from rocking backwards and forwards in the corner? Apart from that, yes. <laughs> lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> we, we all do that and we go. Coffee, man. Um, yeah. I, I tend to over-prepare as well. I try and think of what anything that can go wrong from past films, from just make up worst-case scenarios and try and find solutions to them. And then you find that when you go on set that everything that you thought was going to go wrong doesn't, but everything that you didn't think was going to go wrong does. Yep. It's always fun like that. But I think for me it's all about making people feel that they can do their jobs they can have fun, they can be safe, but they they are trusted to do, that we've chosen them to do their job and they are trusted to do that. But also I always say at the beginning of every, of every shoot is that it's all good, it's all my fault. So if something breaks, if you know, it, that's my fault. As long as you tell me the minute it's broken, we can sort it out. Don't don't ever feel like it's 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 always going to be my fault, whatever happens. And sometimes I catch myself thinking, Christ, what are you doing? Everything's your fault. But it it kind of is as a producer. You have to you have to take responsibility for, for everything that can go wrong. That's legal, financial, everything really. I think then it, it's just accepting that okay, I've I've got a lead. I've got to be the one that comes to set in the morning, and no matter what's going wrong, I have to have a smile on my face and I have to be positive because if I'm not positive, then everything slides into you know disarray. Mm. Because people pick up on the energy, and also it's keeping keeping things from Jane, not like keeping oh. things from Jane, but no. things, <laughs> are, things are going wrong, or I know if, you know we're trying to solve problems. It's not yep. Jane's problem to solve something. Yeah, you've got to insulate insulate the mm. the creative yeah, yeah. team. Yeah, I for really- sure. I really appreciated that. I well, mean, we actually had a bit of a chat, didn't we, on the first morning because mm-hmm. it was like, this is it now. I have to go and do my job and you have to go and do your job. And it's almost like goodbye, see you at the end kind of thing. It was. It felt suddenly from being together every day and sorting out all the problems and working it all through, it was now like, no, now there's this divide. Mm-hmm. I have to do what I do and you have to do what you do. Um, and we had a great first AD and second AD and they would have bringing all that team and communicating to everybody what you want and the vision and hopefully making everybody feel safe and happy and 
Yeah. Mm. You know, it's so interesting you say that, and it's such an interesting point because for the producer and director in prep, they're so close. You know, you're yeah. talking all the time. It's the, then suddenly it changes on almost the first day of filming, maybe the, just the day before, to director and cinematographer and producer and everyone else. And it's such a weird thing that it's hard, I think, for producers to suddenly go, oh, hang on, what? I'm not in a gang anymore. You know, you've got to be yeah. the leader and you've got to run the show. And it's suddenly you've got, to, you know, you've got to take responsibility and tell people off and sometimes fire people. And that's, whoa, that's a lot of responsibility to put on someone's shoulders. Yeah. It's really difficult. And you feel quite lonely at times and quite isolating, um, isolated. And it always happens. Really, the pace is really quickly. You're almost you're jumping from not that mm-hmm. we did much firing, but from doing that to solving a problem on, and sorting the catering that hasn't arrived. And things mm. seems to be on this conveyor belt. Like you're kind oh, of stop that, everything. That's a killer. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're on that conveyor belt, and if Dom's yeah. on set and you haven't got the food, he's literally <laughs> climbing the wall. <laughs> it's, true. It, it's true. He's the one it, running to get it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm some, getting it. But some, sometimes it's it's those it's those things like you're you know you're doing a, a really long day. Everyone's tired and the food doesn't arrive it, 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 it to a normal person it's not a big deal but like to everyone that set it's absolutely crucial and then people start getting you know not thinking carefully because they're exhausted and it's mm-hmm. it's you know there's so many um ramifications to a small thing that goes wrong yeah. on a film set what other things Karen for you then like say dealing with all that can be a strain on your mental health and everything did you have time to process stuff did you have time to go okay let me just take a breath here when it became overwhelming what did you find worked for you um I think he, I don't I, I can't really remember to be honest that time <laughs> didn't, have, didn't have time amnesia amnesia was the best thing <laughs> amnesia amnesia <laughs> active <whatever>. repression <laughs> yes yes, <laughs> yes a lot of therapy <laughs> obviously there were moments in the day when I wasn't on set like I didn't go and bother everybody constantly because I mean we were filming quite locally so I'd stay here quite often and be on the laptop sorting things from afar and that gave me some time not to talk to people because I think everybody's talking to you, everybody wants something everybody needs something if you just have five minutes where there's nobody in the room and you don't have to answer a question or you don't have to say anything it's like oh mm. thank god for that mm-hmm. so I, I go to the bathroom a lot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but also I you know I felt really I felt really trusted by Karen the fact mm. that she re- allowed me and trusted me with the you know to be down there doing stuff while you were doing stuff in the production office and yeah. I think that's been from day one it, I really I can't thank you enough for for producing this film because I think independent producers yeah. what you go through and what you do to make these films people just haven't got a clue um no. i've had no. the Extreme privilege pain. to be with you on your side yes. helping yes. where i can but to see what you know you have done to get this film with this story from mm-hmm. script to screen and on mm. demand within two years is um it's a br- it's an amazing achievement. You've yeah. both done incredibly well. We're carrying a great especially. team together. You can, yeah, you can see that energy you, you, between you. You can see that, and and often in these cases, the director does get the credit, as do the cast, and that's totally fine. Look, we're you know that's what we accept as producers. But the producers are the unsung heroes of all these indie films that get made, and everyone talks about the director and the cast, but no one really talks about the producers, and they're the people who are really on the ground. And and Jane, in a massive way, you also I'm sure produced this film from helping. Es- 
sounds like everything with Karen, but on set, Karen was the person. And it's so difficult, that burden, and it definitely doesn't get the respect it deserves. And something we try and do on the Filmmakers Podcast is sort of just go, hey, producers, you know, so we love having producers on because they're the ones who get the stuff made and and get things happening and nothing could get made without it it just wouldn't get finished it just wouldn't um let's talk about post a little bit then let's talk about oh god God, is this even more traumatic than the shoot please they're both giggling their heads Um, well we got we got through the shoot no covid uh i thank thank the lord congratulations yeah no vid um but then covid hit during post and i think everybody got covid one after each other didn't they in the whole Uh, of post so it took a lot longer to go through the workflow than it it would do normally and it was quite Mm. frustrating because you can't say to somebody oh just do that just do it and when they're in bed Mm. with covid and it was all yeah so Mm. it's a lot of patiently waiting for things to happen yeah and it's the first time that i have ever edited over zoom yeah right with with two editors isn't as wonderful no, it's not as easy. No, it's not. But I, there, it was part of it. I actually got quite into the swing of it. Mm-hmm. You can get used to it because mm. you can sit at home. Well, you can't see what they're doing. You just see the screen. <laughs> we, we shared the screen. Yeah, you share the screen. Yeah. 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 So we had the whole, you know, so the whole time I was like there and um, on the other end of the uh, computer. And as I said, we had two editors, <laughs> which was um, a new experience for me. And, it, you know, it worked really well. Um, yeah. But then I think you know I wanted to sort of get in the room because and see it on a bigger screen because I'm just like watching it on my laptop and that's the difference, mm. isn't it? And the quality is not as good either. You yeah. know, this, it's a different image, uh, especially yeah. going across all those pixels onto Zoom. It yeah, it doesn't look as good at movie. So you, you got through that process, which is great. And how long did it take you to get a finished film? Was there any issues within that, especially when deliverables? Because deliverables oh, are a nightmare. Don't like that word. Yeah. No, I know, right? But we're here to help the filmmakers to sort of go, look, deliverables are a nightmare. Be on top of it early. Anything you learned there that you went, oh, I wish we'd done that earlier? Um, I th- I think budget a bit more than you than you post. ever going to need mm. for not just for post but for deliverables because mm-hmm. I mean with streaming and cinema and it it's so everybody wants something different or there's so many things also just trying to demystify what they want i mean it's in a language that doesn't make any sense to me and actually having somebody to go oh no that's this that's that we can do that and there's standard deliverables that we did and then there's extras that other people needed for oh and and sometimes they don't even need them that's that's the annoying thing like it's it's like an archaic sort of tick list uh Mm -hmm. and and some of it's just not even doesn't even make sense and you still have to deliver it (laughs) Yeah. yeah french subtitles you're like but why yeah. <laughs> well i mean we didn't we didn't do that because exactly oh, why yeah and we only just got closed captions because of biffa so we've only just mm. captioned but bulldog were like look if you don't have it you don't have it don't mm. stress yourself out well that's it with those contracts with any distributor you can make sure you do this filmmakers is check what their deliverables are and question it before you sign those Mm. contracts what do you really need here because this is our time and no one's getting paid here (laughs) to do all these deliverables yeah that will take a long time to do so yes it's so important i think the paperwork as well like that your chain of title and all of that on the very start of the film and put it in a folder and i've actually got a hard copy and a digital copy of it all now and Mm -hmm. that's 
long time because I didn't because everything happened so fast and with the production was moving so quickly that it took me a while to step, scan everybody's contracts in to get everything in a kind of presentable package to be able to say mm-hmm. here you go it's all here everything you need like music yep. licenses and cue sheets and mm-hmm. all that right oh copyright for things that we never knew that we yeah, need copyright report that sort of stuff I mean I spent a good part of two days trying to chase down a map we, we literally feature one page of a map and our, our clearance people went, oh, no, you've got to clear that. I went, I've got to clear a 1988 A to Z. What? Mm-hmm. Page 19 or whatever it was. Yep. Yes, you do. Yes. So I had to track down you know, all that process and finally, thankfully, found the person. <laughs> well, at least you got the tools to find them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's good, isn't he? He's so good. Oh, he is good. <laughs> he is good. That's why we keep him. <laughs> <laughs> everything done then there's something else there's yeah. something there's else call me yeah. you never guess what i'm like what now yeah, yeah. those deliverables lists and the, 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 i think one one of the important things is just get you get it copyrighted by the u.s government like before yeah. you shoot yeah. get that done do um that. and then type report an opinion after that but get it done before you shoot because like say if you use someone's name in your film and that name yep. suddenly is a serial killer or that person's been arrested. God knows what it is, but now you can't use that name or it's some superstar now. Yeah, you can't use that name or it's a name of a newspaper or whatever. Yeah, you've got to cover yourself there because it's cost so much more to try and fix that later than just do it for 800 quid beforehand or whatever it is. Definitely do it at the beginning. Don't put it put it right into the pre-production. Don't even shoot anything until you've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're fine, touch wood. But that's been yeah. a learning experience. Yes, totally, totally. And obviously getting distribution for it as well. There, anything you learned from, you know, negotiating those deals and what you had to do and to make sure you were covered and making sure that the company was getting, you know, if anything comes back in, it's coming back to the right place. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're negotiating at the moment. And I won't say which companies, obviously, but we are mm-hmm. talking about international sales. And I'm Great. looking at contracts going, yeah, there's no performance clause in that. I'm not giving you mm-hmm. my film for 10 years and you can just mm. do absolutely nothing and just pay yourself your marketing costs. No. Mm-hmm. And it's having the confidence just because these people, you think they, you know, they're the Messiah. They're mm-hmm. up here and, you know, very powerful. And it's just having the confidence to go, nope, film's worth more than that. You're not having it. And we've yes. done yeah. that a few times. We've looked at the contracts and gone, no, it's not working for us. And because they won't okay. move, because they think you're going to yield because you're a small filmmaker and, mm-hmm. you know, they probably looked you up in company's house. Oh, she doesn't have any legal backing. It's fine. Just to say no, have that confidence to say no mm. that's more important it, it deserves a proper chance and the people who put money into it and the cast and crew they they deserve they mm-hmm. deserve the opportunity to get some money back from it yeah they do yeah and, and i think with with you know with those kind of contracts and you know territories that you sell that other than the mg you just really don't know how much you're ever going to get out the other side because yeah. there are so many hidden expenses uh, and they just swallow things up so you really do have to be careful and make sure whether you know you really trust the company uh, or you're getting enough money to make it worthwhile up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to look at is the sales expenses. Always, always <laughs> make sure you check that and see if you can get a bankruptcy clause in there as well and check all those hidden costs and just be on top of it all. And take your time to read a load of other yeah. distributors agreements. There are around there. There's Facebook groups with these go on, on the, it. Go on the predatory film distributor and whatever 
um, Facebook group, which is yeah. which is it basically has a list of like all the, all the sketchy ones and like yeah. why you shouldn't go them more, or at least be going with an sort of open uh, you know open, open mind. And it's okay to go with any of these companies, just be, know yeah. what you're getting into. Yeah, your exactly, film might yeah. will come out on Amazon in America, but no one's going to see a penny, and that's okay if that's what you want. Exactly. But exactly. What's that really? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, pff, no. It's all that effort for it is you might as well, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Amazon do. They, they but, probably <laughs> but you might as well put it out yourself. You know what I mean? You might yeah, as well put it yourself true. on Amazon and self distribute. Did say that to us. He said, <laughs> "Yeah, but the most yeah. important thing is that people are seeing it." I went, "Well, no. Mm. The most important thing is that people are getting their money back." What yeah. you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, he says that he's getting all the money. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's getting money. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Um, and independent filmmakers do not. So just be aware of this. It's a business for a reason. Yeah. It's called the film business. So be aware of it. And get on top of it. So it's great you're doing that, Karen. Absolutely fantastic. Um, sounds absolutely great. And I'm sure it'll get picked up and do well. Just like you say, sure fight for your corner and fight for it. Thank you very much. If you had any last bit of advice to offer younger versions of yourselves struggling in the horrible, challenging world of independent film, what <laughs> might it be? Apart from get a proper job. Apart yeah, from don't, that. Don't do that one. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I would say to my younger self, be brave. Don't get intimidated by these people that you think know more than you, who are more superior than you, because at the end of the day, nobody really knows anything. And, Mm. you know, especially in this industry that's so volatile, that can change at a moment. Look at COVID, how it changed the curveball. You know, we we don't know the future. We can't predict how things are going to go. And people who say they can are generally lying. So Mm. just have that bravery and be... Yeah, and be and be a good person. Don't be a don't be an arse. That's a big one. Yeah, big one. That. Yeah. yeah, Jane. Um, something that I'm trying to do myself now would be to be careful where you put your energy. Yeah. In mm. terms of different projects and mm. and people who drain your energies, because what I've found, you know, there's been lots of times where I've been. Sorry, that's my dog barking in the background there. Yeah, no, enjoyed that. <laughs> it's cute. You know, just yeah, just like focus, focus your energy and just like, on the right things. And, yeah, and the right people. And the right people. Yeah. Listen, this has been amazing, Karen. Yeah, we Newman, really enjoyed this. Jane Gull. Yeah, thank you so much. This chat has been brilliant. I've really enjoyed this. There's so much info for filmmakers. So, uh, and you've made an incredible film. Um, yeah, it really is. Love Without Walls is available now on Amazon and where else? Um, hold on a second. Let me read them out. It's on Ra- Rakuten TV, Skystop, yeah. Prime Video, Virgin, Microsoft Video Plus, whatever that is, Google Play and iTunes. Woohoo! <laughs> so you've got no excuses not to watch this. Listen, go support indie filmmakers. Go support indie films just like this one who've got off their arse and they've made it with blood, sweat and tears and made a brilliant film. Go support it and then go on iTunes and Amazon and give it a great review. Mm, yes, please. It- yeah. It really makes a difference to indie filmmakers. People don't do it enough. So do go support with everything you touch um, or watch. Should I say touch? <laughs> Didn't mean touch. <laughs> he did. <laughs> everything you touch, he you must review. You <laughs> um, so listen, uh, Jane Girl, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So lovely. Yeah, thank you very much. Karen Newman, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can go out there and make your indie film. You can make it happen. Believe in yourself. Find ways to raise the money. Find ways to find brilliant teams. Get them around you. Go out there. Make your film. Work hard to get the best distribution you can. Learn about the film business, just as Karen and Jane have done, and release a fantastic film. 
and use post-it notes. And if you're lucky enough, I yeah. forgot what I was going to say. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. We will see you next Tuesday, as always. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, as always. Go out there and make your films. I want you to do it before next Tuesday because that's when the next episode is. So until yeah. then, take care, everyone. Bye, girls. Bye, Dom. Bye. Bye. <laughs>